This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Passion Church, so glad that you found us today. And you're here for a a wonderful time in God's Word. We've worshiped God, we've had our prayer time. Now we're going to look into the Word. And you know, our series we're doing, uh, we're doing it on Christ the Healer. You know, God wants His body well. Now, if you think about Jesus right now at the right hand of the Father in His resurrected body, can you imagine sickness and disease in His body? And yet, doesn't the Scripture say that we are the body of Christ? We are members of His body? Well, he doesn't. do you think He wants sickness in His body, in His members? He does not. And that's not to put condemnation on anybody. We all face uh, uh, sickness and disease and, and have to deal with it. I'm saying that to say this. You know, let's clear the air of the fog you know, about surrounding healing. You know, I was thinking about it this morning. I was praying over the service, and I was thinking about it. I thought about, it. you know, every excuse I've ever heard about, you know, why God doesn't heal, it's always about God. You know, well, it's not God's will to heal everybody. Well, you just don't know what God's going to do. Well, God wants to heal somebody, some people, but He don't. And every excuse we have, it's all about blaming God. But I think, really, the, the truth of the matter is, is that we need to look more to ourselves than we do to God. I don't think God's a problem. I don't think He should become our excuse. And so today we're going to be looking at obstacles to divine healing. And we need to be honest with ourselves. If we're in need of healing, you know, and we, we come to the knowledge of the truth about that God wants us to be healed, and yet we're not healed, let's don't say, well, I guess, you know, it's just not God's time. Well, the Bible says, according to the Bible, He's already healed us in the mind of God at Calvary. Isn't that right? We looked at that. So if we're not there, let's be honest and not to condemn and beat ourselves up, but so that what? Any obstacle that's there that has to do with us, we get it cleared out of the way so we can enjoy the healing God wants for us. Isn't that right? You know, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Anybody got an earthen vessel? (laughs) I got one. It gets older every year. <laughs> you know. And and you you know sometimes that earthen vessel <laughs> you know it's uh, you know your body is not redeemed yet. We know that, right? The inner man is being renewed day by day, but the outer man the Bible says is perishing. In other words, the outer man is getting older. You know, uh, science tells us, medical science tells us that about every 7 years or so uh, every cell in your body is 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 reproduced or replaced. Is that is that kind of accurate, Doctor Wells? Am, am I if I'm off? Doc got a doctor in the house, so I got to be careful what I say here about medical stuff. But I, anyway, I, I'm doing research on that, and you know, every time your your cell is reproduced, you know there's a flaw in it. So it gets reproduced, and that flaw gets reproduced and gets a little bit bigger, and we call that aging. Are you listening? But the Bible says that if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will quicken. 
Hallelujah. Your mortal body. So that even though we still age, you know what? Our age doesn't have the same effect on us. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. So we, we know this. We live in an age, in the church age, but right now, you know, we have opposition, don't we? Boy, I'm telling you, if you don't know that, you, you need to get saved. Because <laughs> once you get saved, I remember, man, when I got saved, I was like, wait a minute. When I, you know, when I was a sinner out doing all this other stuff, I, you know, I wasn't aware of any kind of opposition. It's because I was in the enemy's camp, <laughs> you know. But you can say there's opposition. There's opposition to you living a life of faith. There's an opposition to you walking in love. There's opposition to you living a life of holiness and purity. Absolutely there is. And so it's true concerning divine healing. So there's some things, and I want to look at some of the major obstacles today. You know, that, you know our thinking... Our believing and our obedience have to align with God's grace. Grace is free. But if we're going to receive the benefit, there's some things that we have to align with God. Isn't that true? That's true concerning being born again, salvation. Paul said this. He said, he said unless they believe, they can't be forgiven or saved. And he said, unless they hear, they can't believe. And the only way they can hear is if the message comes to them. So there's an alignment there even to get born again, even though the price has been paid. So let's look at some things today. The first one is uh, unbelief. Turn over to Mark 6. And I'm going to break this down because uh, uh, into, uh, I think, the three main areas, if you will, or, or facets or branches, if you will, of unbelief. The unbelief of the will, the unbelief of prejudice, and the unbelief of ignorance. Now, the unbelief of the will. This has to do with our decision. Jesus here, I won't read it all, Mark, Mark 6, Mark's uh, 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 account of it. Jesus came to his hometown. Most of us are familiar with that. He had just come out of victorious, out of the wilderness, overcoming the devil. You know, he was anointed with power, and along with that power was healing power. He went to his hometown of Nazareth, and he began to preach. You know, he preached the message, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me, and he began to preach that. Now, you would think that would be good news, wouldn't you? But I found out, just in, in, in my little old experience in in uh, almost 40 years of ministry, that, you know, what you think will be good news, a lot of people don't consider it good news because of the unbelief of the will. Notice it says here, Jesus remarked to them in verse 4, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and among his own relatives and in his own home. Because if you read up there earlier, it said, Now, wait a minute. We, I'm paraphrasing, but we know this Jesus. We know, we know that's Joseph's boy. You know? That's Mary's boy. His sisters are here. His dad was a carpenter. Where did he get all these words and learning and all this? Now, how dare he? And it says there, he could do no mighty work. I mean, other places he opened blinded eyes. He raised the dead. He did all kinds of things. But he got to his hometown and said he could do no mighty work. Now, why? Because of their unbelief. They, they would not believe. 
They would not believe. That's the unbelief of prejudice. They had a prejudice against it. And notice, here's the thing. You know, when God wants to heal you, there, you know, there's many different ways the Bible talks about that God can heal you. Amen? He can heal you using your, and your, your own faith will be involved, but he, will, he can use you just because you believe the promise of God. You find what God said, that Jesus bore your sicknesses, carried your disease. You believe that and receive your healing. There can be the prayer of agreement. There can be, you know, the prayer of faith can be said for you. There can be a gift of the Spirit. God can move sovereignly. We don't decide which way it is. I don't care how God heals me as long as I'm well. And I don't care who He uses. Now, you can read, and we won't turn over there, but in 2, Kings, uh, excuse me, 2 Kings 5, there was a, a, a man named Naaman. He was a military ruler for the armies of Syria, and he was a leper. And he heard that there was a prophet in Israel that, you know, that could heal the sick. So he packed up everything, I mean, you know, packed up, and he went right to the prophet. You know, of course, he went to the king first to find out, you know, where, where, where the prophet was. He got to the prophet's house, and get this now, here's this man, a very important official, very important. He had this entourage with him. He brought gold. He brought all these gifts that he was going to give to the prophet. You know, and just a side note here, you can't buy your healing. Healing's free. I said it's free. Amen. And the reason it's free is because Jesus paid the price. That's the reason it's free. Amen. There was a price paid. It's just that you and I didn't pay it. <laughs> So I, I didn't want you to think it was cheap because it was free. It was not. But here's Naaman, this very important. He comes up. He's got all his entourage. I mean, he's come in his chariot. He's got on his finest clothes. I mean, man, I mean, he must have been a spectacle. He pulls up. The prophet wouldn't even go out to him, sent the servant out to him. Said, go dip in the river Jordan three times or ever how many times it was. And, man, he got mad. He said, why, every river in Syria is better than Jordan. He said, if I want to dip river, I'd go dip one of them. He said, I thought at least, I thought the prophet himself would come out here to someone such as me, and he would just strike his hand over where I was afflicted and you invoke the name of his God, and boom, I'd be healed. See, a lot of people, they don't get hit because you've got your mind already made up that, you know, this is how God's going to do it. See, it's the unbelief of prejudice. But, you know, fortunately, he had some sensible people with him, and they talked him into doing it. And, of course, once he did it, he was completely well. And so, you know, the unbelief of prejudice, you know, can keep us from receiving our healing. You know... Let God, there are many different methods. However God wants, whichever method He wants to use to heal you, I mean, just, you know, receive it and be well. Receive it and get healed. Amen? And whoever He wants to use. Well, I'll tell you what, I happen to know that they blah, 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 blah. You know. You know, if you read in the Scriptures, other than the Lord Jesus, I don't see anybody that God used in the Old or New Testament, that was perfect. Are you listening? Yeah. 
Amen. Because if he's waiting to only use perfect people, I'm going to tell you what. We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? So the unbelief of prejudice. Now let me get back to where I started. I kind of jumped around on you there. Sorry about that. But the unbelief of the will. This is in John 20, 25 where Thomas, remember Thomas? Jesus has been raised from the dead. He appeared to the disciples. Remember that? But Thomas wasn't there. See what happens when you miss church? I mean, here it is. I mean, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appeared. I don't know what he was doing. He must have had something more important. <laughs> well, God got to put a plug in there. You know. But he wasn't there for whatever reason. And so they said, we've seen the Lord. Ah. And, and, and here's the thing. I want you to notice, if you read that verse 25, he said, unless I see, unless I touch, I will not believe. There's his will. Did you know you can will to believe or you can will not to believe? It's not about how you feel. You don't, nowhere does it say, I feel to believe. You, you will, you choose to believe. Man, and I'm telling you, when your feelings are not, are, are the opposite, that's the time you really got to choose, isn't it? It's easy when all your feelings is good. We're in here, and man, we're worshiping God in the presence of God here. That's easy. It's when you get back to the house. And all them feelings in your body if you're sick. And all that stuff, you know, people around you, well-meaning, unbelieving people, <laughs> start telling you all. That's when you've got to make a decision. And Jesus went on to say, you know, later, of course, he appeared when Thomas was there. And Thomas said, my Lord, my God. And he said, he said, Thomas, you've seen and believed. He said, but I want to tell you something. Blessed are those who've not seen and yet believe. So the unbelief of the will, the unbelief of prejudice. And then the third one that I mentioned here under the umbrella of unbelief is the unbelief based on ignorance. You just don't know. Hosea 4, 6, what does it say? He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, you know, I just think sometimes God leaves that sickness on you. Well, wouldn't that be something, you know, if, if, if you're talking to somebody that needs to get saved, and, you, and I, you know, you talk, well, you know, now, now God's going to take most of your sin, but He ain't going to take it all. He's going to leave a little for you. Because after all, you've been a dirty, rotten, <laughs> come on. We'd think that was the strangest thing we ever heard. That wouldn't be the gospel, would it? Yet we will do that with sickness and think we're being so spiritual, so humble. Come on. God wants you well. God wants you well. Don't let the unbelief of your will, your decision-making, your choice, don't let the unbelief a prejudice, don't let the unbelief of ignorance rob you or delay God's healing uh, in your body. He wants you well. But we've got to align with God. I mean, I mean, if, if God, you know, I've heard some people say, well, if God wants to heal me, He'll heal me. Well, you know, if that's true about healing, it's got to be true about salvation. So why are we bothered to pray for the nations? Why are we supporting missionaries? Why are missionaries going? Because if God wants them to be saved, they'll be saved. 
Why did God send Paul out <laughs> to the Gentiles? I mean, you know, if God wanted them, he wanted them to be saved, they'd be saved. That's the most ridiculous thing you ever heard, isn't it? Yet we come to healing and we think it's going to be that way. No. The kingdom of God operates very similarly in every benefit that Calvary has provided. If you had to hear the gospel concerning being born again in your sins, being forgiven before you could believe and receive it, then you've got to do the same thing when it comes to hearing about healing where he bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. Somebody's got to tell you, you've got to choose to believe it before you can receive the benefit of it. All right, another one real quickly. This is a big one. This one's very prevalent. Unforgiveness. Boy, oh boy, if we ever needed to, to work on this one, it's in our, in our current culture, isn't it? There's a whole lot of stuff needing to be forgiven. And I want to tell you something. Let me just, I'm just be honest as I can. If you don't, you're the one that's going to suffer, not the person who did you wrong. You say, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound fair. I, I didn't I, I talk, to, talk to God. I didn't, I didn't come up with the system. It wasn't fair for Jesus to suffer for your sins and mine either, but he did. And you know the story over there, Matthew, Jesus, you know, we've heard it many times. Different, this man came, you know, to, uh, you know, the king, and he owed him, you know, just an insurmountable amount of money. He could never pay it back. And so, you know, as they did in that day, he said, we're going to sell you and everything, put you in prison, sell your kids, everything you got, you know, and, you know, until everything can be paid back. And, you know, he fell down and asked for mercy, didn't he? Aren't you glad God's full of mercy? Boy, that's what I did. I asked God for mercy. Amen. No way I could, could have paid that debt. No way I could have paid that debt. I mean, if I lived forever, I couldn't have paid that debt. So here's the thing. This same guy went out and he found somebody that owed him a few dollars. He said, pay you. Pay me what you owe me. He said, have mercy and be patient with me. And he said he wouldn't. He put him in debtor's prison. Boy, I'm telling you, listen, it's real easy when we're owed the debt to want to justify holding on to our unforgiveness. To justify holding on to our hurt and our woundedness. To justify holding on. They did me wrong. And I'm going to tell you what, unless they come back and apologize the way I want them to apologize, yeah, I'm... You know, and then I've heard this one all my life and, you know, in the Bible cry. Well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Listen, you ain't forgiven, honey. Because the Bible says when God forgave us, but He said, your sins and your iniquities, He said, I'll remember them no more. Because every time, otherwise, every time you went up to pray and talk to your father, He said, well, let's see here. Remember all this stuff? Aren't you glad it's not that way? And so here's the thing. For your benefit, listen. Forgive. Because your faith, your faith will not work around an atmosphere and in a heart of unforgiveness. You will absolutely throttle your faith. It's still there, but it's not going to work. 
It's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like this, you know. You, 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 go, you get up, you know, in the morning and electricity in your house is, I mean, nothing's coming on. You know, and you call up your neighbor, y'all got electricity? Yeah. You call up your other neighbor, y'all, yeah. Well, that dadgum Alabama power. Everybody's got electricity but me. They just don't like me. But you know, and that's the funniest thing. That's the way we are with God sometimes. Well, you know, it must, it, I, God just didn't want to do that for me. And I know he did it for sister so-and-so. But no, listen, you know what you would say? Man, I'm, I better go out there and check the fuses. I better go out there and check the breakers. I mean, something, it's local. And it's not with Alabama power. My neighbors have got power. Other people are getting healed. This person got healed. That person got healed. We see in the Scripture where people got healed. Listen, it's not at the source. It must be local. See, oh, boy, we, we like to point to it. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll put it all off on him. And see, this is one area where I would look right away. Do you know you can still be carrying a grudge against somebody that's gone on to be with the Lord? I've got news for you, honey. They're not coming back to apologize. <laughs> your official mama, your daddy, or somebody else, they're not going to be coming back to apologize. Not any time unless the Lord comes back. Today, that'd be all right. <laughs> but if he come back today, you wouldn't be worrying about these little old bitty gnats. That's about all they amount to. Isn't that right? Listen, forgiveness always precedes answered prayer. Always does. James 5 talks about this, 15, 14, 15. And forgiveness always precedes physical healing. Remember when he said, over, well, let's just turn over there and read that one. We've looked at it before, but it won't hurt us to look at it again. James chapter 5. Notice what he says here. Is anyone among you sick? He's talking to the church. Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So here's the thing, church. Forgive. You need healing. You need God to answer your prayers. Whatever they may, forgive. Just forgive. Don't qualify it. Don't try to figure it out. Just do what, just forgive. So the next time you need forgiveness and you come to God, you can come with a clear conscience. You know, I'm not like that guy, you know, there in Matthew where, I, you know, I'm keeping my brother in a headlock while I come up to the throne of God and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Oh, this is a knucklehead. Don't worry about him. But see, when we, when we come up there with unforgiveness before the throne of God, what is that? I mean, what, we laugh at that illustration, but it, what's, it's even worse. I'm daring to approach God and ask Him to forgive me all the time I know. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at this one. I'm mad at that one. I might be mad at some people. I don't even know their name, but I'm mad at them. Come on. 
we take up other people's offenses. Boy, a whole lot of that going on. Listen, you'll get enough of your own. You don't need to take on any. Amen. You forgive. Third one, this one's obvious, but I'm still going to mention it, even in church. Sin. Yeah, I said it. S-I-N. Sin. Amen. Because it hinders the operation, again, of your faith. Turn to 1 John 3 there. I know this is not a popular topic in church. We don't want to talk about sin. We won't mention that word because, you know, if you do that, you know, you can't fill your church up. Well, I'm looking to fill up heaven, not fill up the church. Amen. I want to help you. And listen, this is the elephant in the room. We all have to deal with this. We're tempted. Come on. Oh, you're looking at me so holy out there. We're tempted. Sure you are. You're living in this world. There's a devil. He tempts you. Jesus, even in the Lord's Prayer, He said, He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from evil. Resist the devil. Amen. You have to resist temptation. Sometimes we don't do a good job of it. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> but you know, I have to admit it. I said, I have to admit it, not, not to me, or, but to God. Notice what he says here, 1 John 3, 19. This is how we know that we belong to the truth, to the truth, and we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Don't go trying to fool God. Like I said before, when you confess, it's not when he found out about it. <laughs> you know. See, but, but God honors truth. And when my heart condemns me, when I know I've sinned, and I will acknowledge the truth and come to the light, see, that's when I can get relief. That's when I can get help. That's when I can get forgiveness. But if I keep trying to kid myself and pretend I didn't and all of that, it, I just, it just hangs on to me. He said, if our hearts condemn us, we have confidence. If our hearts does not, do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. In other words, we have not kept His commands, something we've not done that does not please God, hello, and our hearts will let us know. They absolutely will. They'll let you know. When you go to God and pray, you know, then you got to just be a person of truth and say, God, this is wrong. This attitude's wrong. This action is wrong. These words were wrong. Whatever it might be is wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. This person hurt me, and I'm holding a, I'm continuing to hold a grudge. I'm, I'm carrying around this wound. I'm nursing it, rehearsing it. I'm telling everybody that will listen to me. Come on. You know you haven't let go of that yet. <laughs> Amen. 
Just be honest. You, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Otherwise, you can't, you won't get rid of it. And, and if, you, if our hearts condemn us, we can't come to the throne of God with confidence, can we? To receive healing or anything else. You've got to have confidence. Faith uh, uh, rises up in the midst of confidence. I mean, faith is all about confidence, isn't it? Confidence in God, confidence in what He's done, but also confidence that, you know, there's nothing between me and God. Especially with forgiveness. So, listen, church, just forgive if you have ought if any, against any. If they have, you know, just forgive them. Just forgive them. I said, just forgive them. And then finally, the last one, what I call wrong focus. Or we could say it this way, the human clutch. We're talking about obstacles to healing. Now, see, there's some people, you can, you can, you can anoint them with oil, you can tell them the Scriptures, you can pray the prayer of faith, you can do that, but you can tell they never let go of it. They're holding on to that sickness. It's been around so long, it's a good friend. And, you know, and for others, it's almost a sign to them, you know, of their, you know, living martyrdom. Don't you feel sorry for me? I'm, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've had this ailment for 10 years. You know, and every time you see them, you know what's coming. I mean, good morning might get in there, but you know what's coming. <laughs> Y'all laughing. You must know some folks like, like we do. You know, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm, I'm trying to help us, okay? I'm not mentioning anybody. That I'm not trying to be critical. But what I'm saying is it's a human clutch, and sometimes it can be because of that. But sometimes, we're, you know, you're... you're you want to be rid of it so hard that, that, I mean, it's on your mind constantly. That's all you can think of. That's all you can think of. That's the reason it's, on your, it's in your mouth so much, because you're thinking about it so much. You're just, it's a human clutch. You're just holding on. Oh, I'm trying so hard by sheer willpower somehow that, you know, to get your healer. I mean, get rid of this. And that, that's why I call it the wrong focus. You know, Brother Eric back there he is a medical doctor, but you know if, if you went to see him and you you know you would talk about your symptoms and everything, and then he would diagnose your case and say this is this is what's wrong and all, and then he would recommend okay, uh, you know some procedures toward what medically treating you so that you'd get better. But you know what would you think if every time you went with him he only told you you know what you're gonna die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. I think you probably stopped going to. Dr. No, no, Brother Eric wouldn't do that. But I'm just saying. But we would think something was strange. Isn't that right? At some point, we have to focus. We don't deny the symptoms. But at some point, we focus on the treatment. We focus on the cure. We focus on doing some things that will help us to overcome this sickness. Well, the same thing's true spiritually. We focus on what Jesus has done. Isn't that right? Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, a lot of people, you know, they have hope. In other words, that God can heal them, but they're holding on with this human clutch so long that their hope becomes deferred. 
And that word deferred there means weak. What happens is when your hope's deferred, you eventually your faith will grow weak. And even though you keep saying the right things, the truth is you're really not expecting to get well. Not by, not, not by divine healing. You know? And we hope that medical science can help you because if medical science can't help you, you're in a really bad situation. Isn't that right? What a, look over here in Romans 4 real quickly. We're talking about obstacles to healing. Look at 418. He's talking about Abraham. Well, let's back up to 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that are not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Now, he was believing for son, wasn't he? There was some kind of medical condition in his body or Sarah's body or both of them. Scripture don't say, but they couldn't have a child. So there was something going on medically, just physically, medically speaking. Something was going on in one or both of their bodies. Wasn't that right? And so it says that against all hope, what? I mean, you know, when you hit 99... And your wife's 90, going to have kids. No wonder she laughed. I understand why she laughed. You will laugh too. But it says, against all hope, natural hope, there's no way. But yet, against that, it says he believed in the hope that God's promise brought to him. And so became the father of many nations. And it says here that God, a faith God, He said He called those things that be not as though they were. And this is why we have to get our focus off of our symptoms all the time. I'm not saying to deny that they're there, they're real. But we don't just get so caught up that that's all we think about, that's all we see, that's all we talk. We have to begin at some point to do what Hebrews 12 says. He says that, he says, looking, running our race, looking unto Jesus, focusing on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So we have to be like Abraham. We have to, against all natural hope, that says it's not going to happen, you're not going to get well, you're not getting any better. We have to let go of this thing, that human clutch, and we change our focus onto Jesus. What He has done. What do the Scriptures say He's done? He took my sicknesses. He bore my diseases. And by His stripes, I was. If I was, then I am. Yeah, but it don't... Like, it don't look like, yes, see, there, there you go. You're looking at the wrong thing. Stop looking at it don't look like. And start looking at it is. <laughs> I mean, I read over there where Jesus said it's finished. What, what does that, if we understand English, I'm, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. don't claim to be. But if I understand the English language, it is finished. That means there's nothing left to be done. 
And Bible scholars tell us that the fact that it says that Jesus has sit down at the right hand of the Father, that means His act of sitting down means it's finished. It's complete. So stop looking everlastingly at your symptoms all the time and focusing on that and get your eyes back over on Jesus. And, of course, the way we do that is what? We focus on the Scriptures. Because Jesus and the Word, they're one, aren't they? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word became flesh. Amen. So stop talking it. Stop being so mentally absorbed in it. And begin to call those things which be not as though they were. You know what? According to the Scriptures, Jesus bore this sickness. He bore my pains. And by His stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. So I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. I say in Jesus' name, I'm healed. I'm delivered from this thing. It cannot stay in my body. It cannot stay in my body. I will not have it. It's a trespasser. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God's living in me. This can't stay in my body. It has to go in Jesus' name. I refuse to let it stay. That's what you got to do. you got to speak to it. Not cuddle up to it. Bless your little heart. Aren't we pitiful? I remember I'll close with this. I have a, a good friend. Some of you may know him. I don't know. Gene Lilly. He was a evangelist, also a missionary for many, many years in the Philippines and all over the world, really. And uh, we got to know him and ministered some with him when we were on the mission field there in South America. But, you know, uh, way back, uh, probably at least 50 years ago now, uh, maybe a little more, he was, he, he had, uh, what was it, MS, wasn't it? Yeah. MS, I think it was MS that he had. Anyway, an incurable disease and to the point to where he was bedfast. I mean, you know. And he talked about it. He said one of the biggest things he had to overcome to receive his healing was, uh, you know, he said, I, I began to, you know, I would gotten so, even though it was, I was bedfast and all, but, you know, he said, I was so used to, you know, everybody taking care of me. And he said, I, I was thinking about if I get healed, you know, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to be responsible for myself. I'm going to have to take care of myself. I'm going to, you know, he said, now, he said, he said, it sounds strange to you when you, you know, if you've never been there. But he said, getting over that, you know, he said, I had everybody's sympathy. Oh, I mean, as soon as they saw me, I mean, you know, oh, bless your heart. And he says, he says, that gets a hold of your flesh and your, your ego there. And he says, I had to begin to see myself well and begin to see that, you know, I, if I, if when God heals me, I could still, it would be okay. I could take care of myself. God would take care of me. God would meet my needs. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about with the human clutch. We can hold on to it. We can even, we may not even realize we do. We pamper that thing. Because we, we get sympathy from our family. We get sympathy from other people. If I get healed, I won't have no crutch to rely on. I might have to get a job. I might have to get off a disability. Oh, no, I can't do that. I need my disability. Come on. I'm not, if you're on disability, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. 
I'm just saying that any of these things can be part of this human clutch I'm talking about where, where you know, <laughs> come on. It's, it's our human nature. It's that, that flesh part of us that's not redeemed yet. And we have to decide, you know what? I want, I want to be healed. I want to be whole. And so, you know, now next week at this series, we're going to be praying for people, you know, who need healing, that want to be prayed for for healing. And so the reason I presented this this week is this gives you an opportunity to get before God between now and next Sunday. And, and you know, if there's any of these obstacles there, just deal with them. Otherwise, it don't matter how, you know, I, I can get Brother Copeland up here to pray for you. And you, you, if you've got the, one of these situations going on, it ain't going to do no good. I know Brother Hagin used to say this. He said, he said, I could lay head, hands on you until every hair on the head was wore off. I won't do any good. Yeah. Amen? Listen, if unbelief could stop Jesus from healing, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Amen. That's some powerful stuff. So take this week, you know, Review these notes and things we've said, you know, and, and, and also this message, of course, you know, it's recorded, it's online, and you can go on to our website, and you can listen to it again, or you can listen to the podcast of it again, and, you know, and just ask the Holy Spirit. And if there's nothing there, well, wonderful. But if there is, just be honest with yourself before God, deal with it, and then when we come next week, we're going to share some things about how to receive, and then we're going to be praying for the sick. Amen. So you come prepared, ready to receive, amen, because it's already provided, it's already paid for. You're just going to come and receive your gift, the gift of healing. You come receive it, just like you received your salvation and forgiveness of sin. You're going to come receive it the same way. By grace, were you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. By grace, are you healed through faith, and that not of yourself. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us insight today and understanding, Father, about uh, things that can uh, block our reception of the free gift of healing that Jesus has provided. And Father, I pray for all of us that we will take this truth and allow the light of it to search our hearts and lives. Father, this week, Father, anything, anything, that would uh, be revealed. Father, we're going to just take it, put it under the blood. We're going to come to the throne of mercy. You said it's a throne of mercy, grace, that we can receive mercy in our time of need. Father, we're going to get it all settled. We're going to let go of every hurt, every wound. We're going to forgive. Lord, we're just going to allow you to be Lord of our bodies just as you're Lord of our spirits. Just as you're the Savior of the Spirit, you are the Savior of our bodies. Our bodies are your temples. You want them well so that we might glorify and serve you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.